This is Thrive Perspectives, an ever-growing discussion about the issues that shape our lives with your guides, Dr. Matthew Jacoby and DJ Payne. G'day, it is DJ and Matthew here for Thrive Perspectives, Matt. It's episode 14. Yep. <laughs> the, and, and look, and this will come out on August the 14th. Uh-huh. Ah. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but uh, I'm excited because this is um, the first two-parter that we've done uh, in Thrive Perspectives where we, we started very ambitiously uh, on the last episode to talk about spiritual beings and the spiritual realm. Mm. And we realised very quickly that we weren't going to cover yeah, much. Right. You know, we sort of went down a few rabbit holes about yeah. the Nephilim and stuff like that. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to that. We actually recommend a few great resources if you want to go deeper. Yeah. Uh, one of those resources being... Uh, so a book by Michael Heiser called uh, The Unseen Realm. Yes. Uh, it's been... Uh, review. It's had some mixed reviews in evangelical circles that uh, one reliable view and, and often I find the reviews as I said in the last episode from the Gospel Coalition quite quite useful yeah uh, they're a more conservative uh, group but I mean for, for that reason they actually I think they're quite good yeah they lean, lean on things. that centered conservative yeah, type that's of right. view yeah yeah that, um, and and their uh, one review on, on them was you know reviewed it really positively but just said he does go he goes out there a bit, out on a limb yep. with some of his views. Yes. Um, so, so for example, he he would not see the Satan of Job in the beginning of the book of Job. That's not Satan as in the devil. Yes. That's, uh, you know, a, an accusing spirit. Now, that actually has some uptake in scholarly circles amongst commentators. Yep. Uh, and there's some other, other things that he goes out on a limb with. So, for example... The, uh, you know, demons are the disembodied spirits of dead n- giants, Nephilim. Yeah. Descendants yeah. of the Nephilim. That, that's <laughs> okay. an out there one. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, that, that's a little bit more of an out there one. I mean, it's all, look, it's all but he has reasons very for scholarly. It. Yes, yeah, yes. it's all very yep. scholarly. Yep. Uh, it's just that some of his scholarship does go out in a limb. But but his, his main um, thrust of the book, which is, I guess, making us aware of this unseen spiritual realm. Great. Is I, I think it's excellent. I think it's a real eye opener. The unseen realm. Um, useful summary of a lot of the contents of that book is from the Bible Project. I mentioned again yeah, last great week. Great resource. Um, they do some a, a series of videos based on that, and I, and I think they take the best of his material along with a lot of other material yes. and put it together in a video. I actually only just watched those the other day and I thought wow. they were excellent. Yeah, yeah. And and the other thing, if you want to de- – the great thing about the Bible Project, if you you can just watch, you know, the five- or seven-minute videos that they put out and yeah. go great and they put a series out yeah. on, on the spiritual realm. But the other great thing about the team from the Bible Project, if you want to go deeper, well, you can listen to their podcasts. Yeah. Uh, or you can listen to their study notes or you can listen yeah. – you know, they've got a whole resource around yeah, what they're right. doing that yeah. they're building and – phenomenal resource to the church these mm. days well um so when we talk about spiritual beings in the spiritual realm they're populated by uh, a, a cast of characters and we've touched on some of them mm. and we want to we want to get through a few more yeah. today so the main the main idea is that you know we have a god as the ultimate the one ultimate god mm-hmm. and and i say ultimate god because the word elohim 
is a generic term used to refer to spiritual beings. Yeah, in in linguistics, it's a category. Elohim yeah. is a category. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, for example, Psalm ninety-seven says, "You are the God above all other gods." Yes. Uh, you are, you know, and the idea there is that God is in a category of His own, yes. really, and yet He can be classed. He is called Elohim. A spiritual being. Uh, yeah. That's right. He is. Uh, he is classed as Elohim, but he is the ultimate, spiritual an absolute, being. Yeah. uncreated spiritual <laughs> being, a complete different. And so, um, you know, the scriptures say, you know, there are, there is, you shall have no other gods beside me, or there is none like me, or yes. there is none besides uh, God. Yeah, there are, there are, you know. He is far above all other gods. Yeah. is another example. And, and and see, even what you've just said is is a bit of a conf, uh, contradiction or even a paradox because um, we as Christians and we of of this type of type of faith, we call ourselves uh, a monotheistic faith. Yeah, we believe in one God. There is not a cast of gods. Yeah, there's not a multi like the on the other end of the spectrum is the Hindu belief where there are. Untold millions of yeah. gods in 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 their, yeah. in their system. So, so what 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 our monotheism basically is is if you is is that you know, and this is what Genesis one does is that it puts the God, mm-hmm. the ultimate God, mm-hmm. in in a completely different category. It says something about that God that is not said about other gods. Yes, other gods who are territorial who. Yep. Uh, vie with other gods, you know, who um, are limited in some way. You've got this ultimate one, ultimate creator of all things, including all other spiritual beings. Yes. So, again, just to summarize, the word in our Bibles, when we see the word God, it's a translation of the word Elohim, Elim, basically words related to El. Yes. Elohim... Im in Hebrew is plural. Elohim is gods. Yeah. Um, and this is interesting because <laughs> it sometimes refers to God as Elohim yeah. uh, as well, kind of in the plural. Yeah. So it, it gets, I guess, it gets a little confusing, but if we treat that as a, um, the word God meaning spiritual being. Yes. And then when it refers to God, it's the God as in big G, the yeah. God. Yeah. But it doesn't deny that there are actually other spiritual beings. So, in a sense, what our monotheism has done is that we have we have God above all the other gods, yes. but not denying that there are other spiritual beings. And, and that's what I wanted to hit. I want. I was hoping you would get to because that's something that I think is the da- is is a downfall of of our modern thinking. Yeah. Is that when we say monotheism, we we say there is only. One God yeah. and no other, which can be misleading, and we and it, that is in one sense true. Of course, it's true, yeah. but it doesn't take away from the fact that, that the Bible clearly says that there are other gods with a small G, other yeah. Elohim, other spiritual beings, other highly powered people, you know, entities in this created universe. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, the like the Greek and Roman gods and the, and the Hindu, all these different Hindu gods. I mean, I have now, I have. No doubt uh, that there are real spiritual entities Amen. behind those. Yes, yes, yes. And in the uh, throughout the Old Testament, the gods of the nations are kind of rebellious gods. That they're they're gods that 
um, sort of feign the, the sort of position that the ultimate God has. They're yes. reaching for that. Yes. And, and, and so they are the demons. And in fact, in the Greek word for spiritual being yeah. is demon. So they, you know, they they referred to this various spiritual beings, including their gods, yes. as demons in some sense. They're wow. spirits, yeah. spiritual beings. Well, let's 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 go to let's go really quickly with the classifications here that we know are the entities that take up, you know, the spiritual realm. And uh, you know, I, I do want to say we're not going to talk much about humans, but mm. we are part of the spiritual realm. We are spiritual. But we're not as well, yeah, you know, right. the type of thing. There's yeah. a, there's a bit of a crossover there. Or we were originally created to be, you know, uh, to be in that spiritual realm as well, or at least to touch into it, uh, or commune with it. Well, well, to be a part of that general community. But yeah, we, you know, we're a different category because we were created at, to be embodied creatures yes. living on earth. Okay, so we 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 have God, the Elohim. Yeah. Um. We then have a divine council. Yeah. In in heaven that we can touch on. Other, the, that's called a few different things in in scripture. That's called you know the hosts of heaven. Um. You know the the you know like I said the council. Um. It's almost like God has assembled a team around him. Yeah, that's right. You know we see that again in the book of Revelation. That's right. And God does everything through that team. I yes. Mean, it's been interesting to note, and this is easy to to miss as you read through the Old Testament. Pretty much everything God does through angels. I mean, when we think of instances like, you know, God was in the burning bush speaking. Well, actually, it doesn't say it. It says the angel of the Lord. Yeah, but this is where we'll get into this, but then it gets even more confusing because the, and, or you've just mentioned the angel. So let's go to that. Out of the divine council, we we hear about angels and we'll talk about them. Then out of the angels, and there's different classifications of angels, obviously, but then out of the angels, there is the angel of the Lord, which is its own separate thing, I believe, out there. Yeah. And then on the other side of things, we have, as you've already mentioned, um, demons. We have the the chief of the demons, otherwise known as Satan, the Satan, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him there. Mm -hmm. And then finally, and we won't get into much of this, but if we're going to classify all of the spiritual... Uh, you know, beings in the spiritual realm. We might get into into this into the next episode. Is we have that final creation, which is Jesus Christ, which is yeah. a new type of humanity, a restoration, you know, type of thing. So, yeah, I would put that into a into the classification as well. Yeah, you're just talking about beings. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, <laughs> I know. But there is a spiritual crossover. But in particular, on this one, we want to we want to touch on you know, we want to touch on this divine council. We want to talk about angels and demons. Yeah, and right. sort of wrap up yeah. those characters. So it should be pointed out that. Angel is a function. It's it's actually not necessarily a a different kind of spiritual being. It's a, it's a it describes a function. They are messengers. Yes. Um, so because there there are different there, are, like you've got the the guardian cherubim. Yes. Um, and so there seems to be a kind of hierarchy in some sense. Yep. Uh, you've got the guardian cherubim. The cherubim uh, were placed in the guard in the Garden no, of Eden. Yeah, the Garden of Eden. Th- they seem to be the guardians of the presence of God in some sense. Yes. They are sculpted, drawn, painted, pictured in the tabernacle yeah, and the right. ark and the temple. Yeah, that's right. Because that's where the presence of God yeah, was. that's right. So, so, so God, it's often said that the Lord is enthroned between the cherubim. It's talking about the ark of the covenant, yeah. which had carved cherubim. Yeah. Um, so that they, they have this... They have this guardian um, role, and then and then you go down to messengers 
these messenger, there's another function, and that's the, the Greek word angelos, is where, where we, we get, get the word angel, means yeah. messenger, and, and even the, the word um, in Hebrew also means, that refers to angel, also means messenger yeah. as well. So these, they're, like, think of Jacob's ladder, you know, angels up and down, bringing messages to and from now, not to, humanity. Now, not to upset anybody who's visualising as we talk, but there's nowhere in Scripture <coughs> that says that angels have wings. No. No, there's not. We, we, we read about seraphim and cherubim having wings. Yes. Which are a, a different part of the yeah. divine council or a different part of this spiritual realm. Yeah, but they're also kind of, a, you know, also depicted as different kind of creatures. Oh, yeah, these incre- incredible hybrid animals, the, yeah. the living creatures around the throne of yeah. God in Revelation. Yeah. You know, that's also there. So that's that. That, that that's that cherubim, you know, we'll touch on seraphim again, but again, talking about angels right now, because angels are, people are obsessed with angels. Mm. More and more, I find that people in the church, and especially outside the church, in the new age world, people are obsessed with angels. I've got mm. an angelic visitor giving me a new prophecy, and that's so I've, I've seen people in the church and outside of the church using those same words mm. to talk about, you know, what's going on spiritually for them. Yeah, well, we need to be cautious about that because we're we, we have no mandate in the Bible to be so focused on angels. Angels are a reality. Yes. God works through angels. Uh, but in terms of we're not there, there is no um, mandate for us to communicate with angels. In fact, I, I believe we should not because we're just not given. Yeah, I mean. There's, there's no, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? No command, yeah, no, there, no commandment, yeah. no imperative, no. That's right, but but I would say it's more, it's more than that. I mean, because I, I think it's even dangerous to do that. Oh, there's yes. some indication in Paul's letter to the Colossians. He addresses a situation where they seem to be overly interested in angels and communicating with yes. angels, and yeah, and uh, that's uh, that becomes problematic. Yeah, uh, I, uh, angels are a reality that we're made aware of. Yes. But you know we're not to go out and st- try and start communicating with angels and and this is so something forth. again I'm going to allude to what we want to do in a future episode. But but when we think of the role of the angel of the role of the messenger, yeah. we immediately think of the instances in the Book of Revelation where John, in his human weak form, can't help but fall at the feet of the angels, yeah. and the angels go, "No, no, no! Yeah. We're me- I'm the messenger, just like yeah, you. Right. Oh, we're on the same team here. Yeah. I'm a created, you know." So we'll talk a little bit more about that. What the what the uh, you know, uh, you know, the sort of the bigger picture around that. But when it comes to angels, we are even introduced to these messengers out of, you know, God's divine realm mm. with names. Yeah. You know, in the, in we, we, we hear of Michael and Gabriel. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that, I mean, that we get that in the book of Daniel. Yeah. So I'm just having a look at the book of Daniel here, um, where you've got these named characters and they seem to be, they seem to have quite a bit of rank. Yeah. They seem to rank fairly highly. And so the fact that it was the angel Gabriel, I mean, he appears to Daniel and he also appears to Mary, to uh, Zechariah as well. He seems to be someone that is delivering a really important message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we don't don't know much. It's just interesting to note that he does have this kind of, this kind of rank. Yeah, there's a rank and not only just a rank, but it's not like an angel is this... um, 
you know, uh, you know, uh, what can I say? Like in modern terms, he's not just a message. It's not just a thing, yeah. Yeah. you know, that's coming forward. There's a personality there. Yeah, that's right. There's a personality that knows God, that yeah. works for His purposes, and says, "Listen, I've been given this role." To you know, there's a yeah, there's a personhood. Yeah, that's right. So it's only really Gabriel and Michael uh, that we hear that are named yeah. uh, there in Scripture. Um, there's also, of course, on the evil side. There's also Satan, who is well. Satan actually isn't a name, and no. he actually isn't named. Yeah, in that sense, because in the Hebrew, uh, but he's identified as an individual. I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, in the Hebrew, the w- the word Satan is always. Tell me if I've got this right. Uh, the in the Hebrew, the, the Satan has always got the in front of yeah. it. So the the adversary, yeah, or the accuser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's more about again his role and what he does, but it is an there is an entity, a personhood, yeah, individual. You That's know, right. Y- That's right. Yeah. And we meet Michael again in, in Revelation chapter 12. You know, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. Yeah. So Michael has this kind of leads yeah, this yeah. angelic host in, in some sense there. Yeah. Um, in Daniel chapter 9, it's Gabriel that brings the visions yep. to, uh, to Daniel or uh, that interprets the visions. So, yeah, it's interesting. Another couple of individuals that are individual angels that are probably worth mentioning, the commander of the army of the Lord. Yes. The thing, he's similar to the angel of the Lord in yes. that he's identified with God himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's worth probably saying something about the angel of the Lord briefly. Uh, the, the angel of the Lord is appears throughout Scripture. Yes. And often when people have some kind of interaction with the angel of the Lord, it will often then say... It will often then identify that they will have. They will say afterwards, "I have seen God," yeah, or "I have been speaking to God." Yeah, Jacob wrestles with, you know, with the man, yeah. but then this man is is identified as, as God. God. Yeah. So, and which is interesting there because it's clearly there's a physical interaction. So that there is some kind of embodiment going on here. Yeah. So in some senses, we could say that the angel, the angel of the Lord God Himself. There's a kind of incarnation going on here. Yeah. Now, some people have said, "Is this is the angel of the Lord maybe a pre-incarnate Christ?" And that's called a theophany. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a the- yeah, that's right. A theophany is is a some kind of manifestation of, of God. Okay. Generally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the angel of the Lord is an interesting one because it's not an ordinary messenger angel that's no. distinct from God. It actually appears to be a a kind of manifestation of God. Mm. Now, whether whether this is a pre-incarnate Christ, is, it's h- hard to say. Um, but yeah, there's something very interesting going there, on. There. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and here's and this, you've just raised a good point here, Matt. As we as we as we tentatively go through this this spiritual realm, we are going to keep coming back and going. There's a mystery here. There's a mystery here. Yeah. I mean, we we know we we can talk knowledgeably about what the word tells us and yeah. what we what we can see and what we can study. Yeah. But really even behind that we go, there's a big mystery here. We not we don't know very much. Yeah. I, I've I've been interested in the fact that as I've looked at this, that in particularly throughout the throughout the Old Testament, I mean after the fall in Genesis chapter three, you get this kind of separation of these realms that seem to be um completely overlapping in yes. a sense in Genesis chapters 1 and 2, 
and the fall of mankind sort of separates these realms. Mm. And so, but God continues to communicate, but he communicates through mediators. Yeah. And these, this is where the role of the angels. Yeah. And so you always get this mediating element. And mm. the angel of the Lord is God, but God mediated in some way. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. And then, and so I think while you do get still the activity of angels in the New Testament, you certainly do get this. Yes. Um, there is this sense that, and you see this in, in Acts and in the letters, that there is now this unmediated relationship. We are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Mm. And, and we have this kind of direct um, experience of the Holy Spirit that is very much like some of the prophets had that spoke. Yeah. You know, they didn't, it, it wasn't as though like Isaiah and so forth, um, that they met an angel and the angel said this and then they wrote it down. No. It seems that God is actually speaking, speaking through. through them by his spirit. Yeah. And, you know, Joel chapter 2 indicates that, you know, that this will be the experience of all people under the new covenant. Yeah. That there will be this level of communion with God, mm. this immediate communion with God. Even this, though, is a step towards the greater reality, which in a new heavens and a new earth yes. uh, is they will see him face to face. You yeah. know, even Moses could not see the face of God. Which is interesting because, again, bringing this is the mystery of the angel of the Lord, getting back to that, getting back to this entity or this character or this, you know, I don't know, theme in the Old Testament, especially yeah. the angel of the Lord. One of the greatest instances of the great, of the angel, and there's so many different great po yeah. points in scripture, but is the story of Moses and the burning bush that every yeah. Sunday school student has yeah. seen because it goes from calling, you know, Moses is almost has a, has a, and again, this is the beauty when we look at the story of Moses and God calling a deeper sort of relationship mm. with, with the, with the people. Moses is like this, you know, he's very cavalier at the beginning, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. whatever, uh, you know, type of thing. And as, as Moses goes, he, he, you know, he really works out what what this God is is asking for in relationship. But in that particular instance, we see him approaching, realizing that there's something mystical about it. It's the angel of the Lord. He says, "What is your name?" The, the name comes out Yahweh, and by yeah. the end of it, Moses calls the Yahweh God. Yeah, this is all coming out of the angel of the Lord. That's the, right. You know, the burning bush. So it's not like. What is going on here? It's not God, but it is God. It's yeah. a present. Yeah, because he because he. He is called by the name of God. Yeah. It's interesting in Exodus 23, uh, it says here in verse 20, See, I'm sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and to bring you to the place I'm prepared. Pay attention to him and listen to what he says. Do not rebel against him. Uh, he will not forgive your rebelling since my name is in him. Yeah. Uh, if you listen carefully to what he says and do all uh, that I say... I will be an enemy to your enemies and will oppose those who oppose you. My angel will go ahead of you and bring you into the land of the... and so forth and so forth. And and I will wipe them out. Now... Yeah, it's interchangeable. Uh, yeah, it's interchangeable. So on the one, in other places, God says, I am... You know, it's God leading them. Yeah. And then here it's the angel of the Lord leading them. There, uh, As you say, it's interchangeable. So yeah. there's some mystery here. Yeah. But it shows... I think, at the very least, that, that there is this mediating thing that's going on here. Okay. That God is with his people in some kind of mediated form. Yes. 
Yes, and, and it's and it's very clear in the writings of Moses in those early early books. What Moses and the writers want us to understand is that this angel of the Lord is God's presence. Is God, you know, God's name is, um, you know. Not God, but is God. It yeah. is tied up in the burning bush. It's tied up in the imagery of fire at night that leads them. Yeah. It's tied up in the cloud that leads them. It's tied up in the imagery of the of the yeah. glory coming down to the ark. Yeah. It's it's all of this thing is God, but not God. But the present, like it's yeah. really quite a mystery. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It's it's God, but um, in in some almost. Yeah, as I say, mediated form because God is infinite and eternal, and the, yeah. the, the and absoluteness no, of God yeah. is is sort of more than we can handle. And no one can see God and live, yeah. and yet, and mo- yet they encounter the angel of the Lord. Yeah, and so, then they say it's God. You yeah, know, it's, it's almost like to put it crudely, it's like God is packaging Himself yes. in in a kind of in a way that people can handle. Yeah, and that's kind of the angel of the Lord. That's a really crude and clum- yeah. perhaps clumsy way to put it, but but it's, it's also something like that. And the reason why it was, it was funny, like just to get a little bit personal for a second, you know, growing up reading the Bible all the time, like I did, like yeah. a weirdo, um, you know, I was right into the idea of, uh, you know. The angel of the Lord being a pre-incarnate Christ. You know, you're like, oh, yeah. this could be Christ. Is yeah. this Christ? Da, 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 da. And there's different thought around that. And I don't want to say anything's right or wrong, you know, uh, yeah. around that. But the fact was, when I actually started looking at it a bit deeper, the fact that the idea or the theme of the angel of the Lord mm. is not used about Jesus. Yeah. When Jesus finally yeah. turns up in the New Testament, no prophet, no body, no God, no any, you yeah. know, no nobody says, yeah. no demon says, oh, it's the angel of the Lord. Yeah, that's right. And I was like, oh, okay, uh. and it made me rethink. Well, maybe that isn't Jesus, but you know, maybe this is another entity thing. The yeah. you know, like, or maybe we're not meant to well, fully understand. Uh, perhaps you could say that it, it, in some sense, it anticipates it, like the angel of the Lord right. anticipates right. this idea that God in a sense packages himself in a way in this media t- in this mediating it. way that's a great way to put it to um, to connect with people yeah. and so the angel of the lord in a sense becomes a sort of a pre type okay in yeah. some sense of christ yep and in a sense christ does that in an ultimate sense yeah. that he is the ultimate mediator that um, both mediates the presence of god but also um through his sacrificial death, makes it possible for us to connect with God in an unmediated yeah. way because, well, it's still mediated in a sense. It's mediated by Christ, Christ. yes. But he himself is God in a much more e- immediate sense yes. even. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, okay, that's really cool. Okay, so... Um so we've we've covered you know you know the God of heaven the God that we worship the Elohim the God of gods, uh, you know again touching on the, the fact that the Elohim or the word Elohim or things like that is a category not a you know yeah. n- not a thing not a person not a name. Yeah. Um, he is surrounded by a divine council made up of these four living creatures made up of you know other, yeah. the four living creatures probably other cherubim you yeah. know another way to say the cherubim, um, yeah. but then and then they also are these angels these ranking angels in amongst that somehow is the angel of the yeah. Lord that is his presence. We have these different characters. There's one more. Now this is where it gets really mysterious. Yeah, the seraphim. Mm. The word seraphim, and seraphim is is used by Isaiah when yeah. he when he yeah. sees these entities around God. Yeah, 
the God, you know, yeah. Yahweh God in heaven, the throne of God. Mm. Well, what what yeah, the, are yeah. these? Well, yeah, the, the, the original word seraph can... I mean, there are a couple of different interpretations of this. It, it can, it's connected with the word fire, perhaps. Yes. But but it also, it's the same consonants. And remember, original Hebrew just had the consonants. Yes. So it, it could also possibly mean serpent. Well, not possibly. In my study on it, like recently, yeah. I'm like a lot of modern scholars are saying, yeah, a lot no, of mod- it's just the word for serpent. Yeah, that's like right. What it, what it's the word snake, yeah. basically. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, so, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're telling me this vision that Isaiah had is that he's got flying six wing snakes around him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the, but then made me that made me go, well, hang on. Moses held up a serpent. Yeah. On the staff, and yeah. Jesus said, and I'm like, whoa! This really <laughs> made me think about it differently. Yeah, yeah that's right. I, I think, and, and this is a point that Michael Heiser makes. I mean, he takes this the snake, the serpent, yeah. a line of interpretation, and I think it's a good one. I think there's strong support for that. So, it, yeah, that is interesting, and it's not. You do have that in in Egyptian, yeah, um, thought. You have this idea of guardian. Uh, Serops, these these creatures that are snake kind yes. of creatures. Yes. Uh, in fact, uh, the pharaohs wore a serop, a snake, on on the top of their um, yeah, headdress. Exactly. So, yeah, it's interesting then that you get this snake that turns up in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter three. Yeah. Now, well, you get a in the Hebrew, you get a seraphim. Yeah. But That's what? right. So it's a. Well, well, let's talk about that because I, because I think there's a little bit more. The, 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 the seraphim kind of turn up, as it were, out of nowhere, and somehow they're connected with with snakes and yeah. and like what's going on there. They seem to be also a kind of guardian spirit. So cherubim and seraphim yeah. seem to be in the same kind of category. Yeah. So we talked before about um, spiritual beings that are identified individually, and I've talked about. Gabriel yeah. talked Michael. about Michael. The, and, of course, the other one is Satan, who isn't named, actually. No. The adversary, uh, yeah. It's also it's called the ad- adversary. Even the devil just means, um, is, is the word... Um, Accuser? Yeah. No. It's, well, uh, oh, I had this written down. Sorry. Um, uh, Diabolos means... Oh, man, I just, I've just gone out of my head. Anyway... Um, but they're, they're all... Uh, yeah, just, you can just look that up. I'll look it me. up. I'll look it up while you're talking. So they... They're all descriptions, really, of the sorts of things that that he he does, um, and we see this character turning up in the garden, as as we say, he he's, he comes in in the form of a of a serpent. So it may be, and and we connect this to Ezekiel twenty eight. Now, last week I mentioned a couple of scriptures, and I got both of the references wrong. <laughs> Slip of tongue. I said Ezekiel thirty eight. Don't know why I said that. Yeah, and. And I said Isaiah 13. It's actually Isaiah 14 that are also a couple of texts that speak about uh, Satan and, and probably the fall of Satan as an angelic uh, being. The uh, derived from, um, I mean, uh, it says here that the word diabolos and devil derived from Satan. It says act as an adversary to oppose, yep. to stand against, yep. all yep. of that, all yep. that type That's of. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So similar, similar uh, idea there. Yep. So um, it says this in Ezekiel. Chapter twenty-eight, and and here um, Ezekiel is characterizing a, a king, 
but in in terms characterizing him as yeah. in terms of this in terms of Satan yes. as the devil. So it says, "You were in Eden, the Garden of God. Every precious stone adored you." And he mentions some precious stones. Your settings and mountings were made of gold. Uh, on the day you created, they were prepared. You were anointed as a guardian cherub. Mm. Uh, for so I adorned you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. Now, this is probably talking about Eden. Eden is like this, almost like this high place, this mountain garden yes. kind of thing going on here. Um, uh, for you were on the... Ho- uh, uh, verse 15, uh, you were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Through your, And then it goes on, and so it says, So I drove you in disgrace from the mountain of God. I expelled you, guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty, and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to earth and made a spectacle of you wow. before kings. Wow. So, and, and then um, it says in Isaiah 14, and again, same thing happening here. Uh, a, a, a king is characterized in terms of, you know, as having this... It's characterized in these same terms. Wow. It's funny. I just I'm still looking up the word, you know, devil here. In the Greek, it literally means to slander. Yeah, or to slander. Th- that was the one I was looking for. Or to throw. Yeah. It's funny. Well, you know, you're, yeah. you're, 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 yeah, you're just gotcha. saying that. That, that was the one I was trying to remember. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah 14 says uh, from verse 12, uh, how you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. Now, these are ways of... Uh, of of referring to spiritual beings, yes. stars, and so forth. Mm-hmm. You have been cast down to the earth, you who uh, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the Mount of Assembly uh, on the utmost heights of Mount Z- Zaphon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. Mm. Now, the Most High is a way of distinguishing mm. God from the gods. Yeah. Okay? He is the absolute God. Uh, the, of course, the other way is simply by naming him Yahweh. Mm. Um, so here is Satan, but it says, but you are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. So here you have Satan, who seems to have been a guardian cherub, probably the guardian of the garden. Yeah. And so it's most probable, rather than imagining that he was a – even the problem of fallen angel, again, is a problematic concept because angel is a function. Yes. It's better to talk about rebellious spiritual beings. Yes. So we have no evidence that there is some rebellion previous to what happens in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. As, you know, in John Milton's terms, there was some cosmic rebellion and then they infiltrated the Garden of Eden yeah. and so forth. And that's a bit of a popular idea that's out there. It, it's – likely that Genesis 3 is the rebellion, that we have this guardian yes. cherub who thinks, here's my chance. Yeah. God has given authority over the earth to these people. To these lesser to, creatures. To these lesser creatures. Yeah. Um, lesser creatures? Well, to, uh, these, I, to, to these physical entities where I am a spiritual yeah, entity. Yeah, because I'm not sure if, if they're lesser creatures. No. Okay, uh, sorry. Because again, in Hebrews, it talks about angels being ministering spirits. Yes. So in some ways, angels are serving. Yeah. Well, they're serving God's purposes, but um, uh, but the point is, God gave them authority over the earth. Yeah. So, if you put yourself in, actually, don't put yourself in Satan's shoes. But you know, if we're thinking, 
uh, th this original scene, it's not probably not hard to imagine then where the opportunity lies in that scenario. Mm. Like if he, you know, he's thinking if I can, if I can incite this Real. child of God who is been put in charge over this realm, yeah. like unconditionally put in charge, whatever you say goes, yeah. you know, um, if I can entice him into rebellion against God, then I get to kind of live here without being destroyed by God. You know, there's a, yeah. in a sense, they've given me permission to even exist. Yeah. And be my, his version of God yeah, in, this right. realm, in this yeah, realm. In this realm. Yeah. So in a sense, you know, Jesus refers to Satan as the prince of this world. Yeah, yeah. The prince of this world. I mean, that's what, that's what human beings were. Yeah. yeah. Under God, who is the king, that they were to be the princes of this world. And yet, what we see here, Satan, in rebelling against God by getting human beings to join his rebellion, effectively they abdicate their position of authority over to him. Yeah. So as long as he controls them. Then he reigns. He reigns. Yeah. He's like the prince of this of this world. Okay. And hence, hence, by the way, the boast of Satan in jo in Job chapter one. Yeah. And this is where I think this actually is Satan. It's yeah. because of this boast. Mm. Where have you wh Where have you been? Oh, I've been roaming to and through. I can go wherever I want. Yeah. On the earth. Yeah, because I'm I'm in control. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Oh boy. Okay. Now we've just introduced an, uh, uh, this character, and let's take a break. We'll come back and we're going to go, you know, we've just sort of exited the light side if we want to. Yeah, we're going to get into heavy <laughs> we're, stuff. We're going to get into the dark side next here on Thrive Perspectives. here interrupting another episode of Thrive Perspective. Sorry about that. I've got two pieces of information to share with you and I'm going to be really quick about it. So make a mental note or even better yet, grab a pen and a paper. Put down your things to do today list. All right, here we go. I'm going to add two things to it. Number one, right now in the state of Victoria, Australia, and I know that the majority of our listeners are in Australia and the majority of those are in Victoria. We are going through a really wild COVID season and uh, I don't want to get, you know, into <laughs> the ins and outs of it, but while people are stuck in their homes, I know, and you know, a lot of people are really hurting, a lot of people are really suffering, a lot of people are really thinking about the big picture, the big issues. So can I encourage you to share Thrive Perspectives and Thrive Deeper with your friends and your family? Just send them an email, send them a message, a text message, and say, hey, there's a really great podcast show that I love. It's free to listen to. And share a favorite episode. This episode really stuck with me. I really enjoyed this episode. You might get into it too. That would help other people. And you know what? It goes a long way to help us as well. And we really see it as a win-win situation for this COVID time. So put that down on your things to-do list. Share 
the uh, your favorite episode with somebody in your life and uh, we can grow the family that way. Second point on your to-do list is please head over to Thrive Today. TV, the all-new thrivetoday.tv. At the top of the page, you will see a way to become a supporter, to donate to what we're doing. If you want to become a supporter, we've got the exciting plan ahead for our monthly supporters. You choose the amount you want to give. We've got some options there. If you've got any questions about that, please reach out to us. We're really excited about the future of Thrive, the entire network at thrivetoday.tv, and we want you to be a part of it. So please head over there, thrivetoday.tv. Okay, so you've got that on your to-do list. Uh, Point number one, share your favorite Thrive perspectives or Thrive Deeper episode with a friend or a family member or even an enemy. And point number two, go over to thrivetoday.tv and check out how you can support this ministry as we grow it. All right, let's get back into the episode of Thrive Perspectives. Perspectives. It's actually our 14th episode and it's spiritual beings. It's the spiritual realm part two. Uh, and uh, we've just finished talking about, you know, the, the heavenly realm, as it, as it were, mm. you know, in, in a really simple way of thinking about it, the light you know, spiritual, yeah. you know, yeah. entities here. We've looked at, you know, our, our God, Yahweh, the Elohim of Elohims, the, the you know, the creator there, his divine counsel around him, the creatures around him, uh, the angels or the ministering spirits around him. And then we've just introduced this fallen entity or <clears throat> this right. rebellious entity who usurps humans' authority on earth and and takes up. And this is Satan, in the, in the Hebrew, the Satan, this this person this entity that is not named yeah that's right so th- there's some indication job 38 talks about god's creating in the morning stars rejoicing referring to the fact that the angelic host was seems to have been there with god when he created the earth yeah. according to job 38 now so we have this these spiritual beings with god mm. and then now we have this rebellion and the rebellion seems to, according to the evidence from Scripture, yeah. seems to happen in Genesis chapter 3. We, we seem to see that. The, the initial rebellion. There. The initial rebellion. The initial, initial rebellion. The initial spiritual rebellion. Because um, in, in going through this study and looking at this, and I think this is another Michael uh, Heiser point, yeah. is that when, when we read in Deuteronomy Moses telling the story of everything, basically, yeah. the history of the world, Moses... That's the first time we get the words demons. Yeah. You know, when Moses is talking about this idea of that in the thing. But Moses says that at the Tower of Babel, yeah. when when you know God, you know, divided up the world, yeah. he uses the fact that I, I he very much alludes to or uses the fact that there are spiritual entities over those people groups as well. Like yeah, there's right. a so there might there might have been in that Genesis six in the Babylon, there might be yeah. ongoing you know, there has been a few rebellions in that early creation, you know, that early period of, of Genesis. Yeah, that's right. So uh, so we have Genesis 3, which is the original uh, rebellion yes. of this guardian cherub. Yes. Okay. And he seems to be some kind of leader of this rebellion. Yes. And then we have 
Genesis chapter 6, where we have this strange <laughs> account um, of the creation of the Nephilim, yep. where the sons of God, and the sons of God is a way of referring to spiritual beings. It's one yes. of the ways yes. where they cohabit with the um, daughters of men. Yep. And you cr- we get this kind of Giants. semi... God, semi-demon, human... Hybrids. Hybrids. Yep. Um, So this is an interesting rebellion because um, in the first rebellion, Satan is tempting human beings with uh, becoming God. Uh, But in Genesis chapter 6, you know, whereas in the first rebellion, they're going to make a God, trying to make a God out of man... They're, they're going to make m- sort of, uh, what am I trying to say here? There's still this thing going on in Genesis chapter 6. We're, we're going to make these, we're going to make gods. Yes. We're going to make you into gods in yes. this sense by yeah. this cohabiting. Yeah. So we're going it, to, it's still this transgression. There's still a theme there. There's a theme. Yeah, that's There's right. A, we're gonna, yeah. uh, they're reaching to create something that's like God. Yeah. So... And then you've got the Tower of Babel incident. And this is where uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32 is interesting. And it says here, uh, when the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when he divided all mankind, he set up boundaries for the people according to the number of the sons of, well, Elohim, really. In some texts, it's been changed to the son of Israel. But the textual evidence suggests that this is the sons of God. Mm. Okay, set up boundaries for the people according to the number of the sons of God. So what seems to be happening here is that, and it, it, this is talking to about the incident at Babel. And yes. remember, at Babel, all the nations were they were scattered, and they became different nations with different yep. languages. And it seems that God assigned a spiritual being to each one of these nations, mm. and these spiritual beings seem to have gone into rebellion. So you get these territorial spirits, which are the gods. Of the nations, yeah. the gods of Egypt, the gods of Babylon, yep. you know, and so forth. Mm. Um, so we have here a picture, and in a sense, there is a sense in even in um, now whether whether in Genesis chapter eleven whether they've been given over to it's because it talks about this they were divided between the sons of God are they already rebellious at this stage yeah well it it actually could be I think because like the the theme in Romans chapter one how God gave them over yes yep to the gods they worshipped yeah well I think this is probably what's happening here I, I agree I, I I agree I I believe that they rebelled against God they yep. they were trying to be God oh you want to go that way you want to rebel against me yes I'm going to give you over to these fallen spiritual, these enti- fallen yes. spiritual ent- entities yes. that have enticed you into this. Yeah. So, okay, you go and be this nation and you're going to serve that God. Yeah. So in yeah. a sense, what ha- what's happening here is God is con- is sort of condemning them to serve those gods. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. I, I, I see that pretty and clearly. These and are, these are fallen spiritual beings. Yeah. These yeah. are demons, in other words. Yeah. This is the big deal about do not worship other gods. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly, and we, uh, you know, and it's, it's, it, it's an on like we've said before, it's an ongoing theme that that uh, that is carrying on behind the background yeah. of all the stories we read in the Old yeah. Testament that there is spiritual entities, real spiritual entities that are rebelling against God, that are fueling these other kings, that are fueling these other kingdoms, yeah. and that is why 
Abraham and his descendants are so mm. unusual in yeah. the way that they serve their yeah, God. That's right. And the way that they stand up for him and stand for something different. Yeah. Um, so, so talking about this, uh, the Satan, the 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 the, the you know the rebellious one, the the accuser, uh, you know this 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 entity here in Revelation called the dragon, you know yeah. the great serpent, you know all these yeah. different things. Yeah. Um, as a Christian, you know, well, before we get into that, before we get into that, into that perspective, <laughs> sorry, he has demons, yeah, you know, and these are other rebellious spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think that what Satan is doing in this realm is trying to create a perverted, inversed, or you know, picture of what happens in the spiritual realm. Yeah, in the, that's in, right. in the it's true, a copy. Yeah. it's a copy. It's a it's a horrible copy. Yeah. Um, where there is a hierarchy, there is you know governing spirits. In you know, but as we go through scripture, we see that it is not just spiritual entities over countries or clans or you know great national things. As we go on, we find out that humans, individuals, can yeah. be demonized, can be you know, troubled by a spirit, both, and I'll say something really, really controversial for some, both Christians and the non-Christian or those who know Christ or those who haven't met Christ yet can be troubled by, by demons. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, so how, my question there is, what's that development of thought like, you know, from your overview there, Matt, you know, as you're reading through the New Testament, about these demon spiritual, you know, beings. Yeah. So let's let's first pick it up from where we where we left off. So this yep. idea that um, I, I really like that idea that there is a kind of a copy of God's hierarchy. Yes. Of God's counsel. Yeah. Well, uh, Satan is mimicking. See, remember, he's reaching to to be like yeah. God. Yeah. That's what. That was the temptation in the garden. Yeah. And so you get this kind of copy thing going on. Yeah. We've got Satan, and then this demonic realm. Mm. Um, and we see it in the Revelation yeah. as well, right at the end, <clears throat> you know, with the false prophet, with the beast, with the Antichrist, with Satan fueling it all. It's another copy. Yeah. It's another mimic of yeah, what. Yeah, that's you know. right. And so, and and then, and so you've got Satan, and then these demonic entities, and and we've said that there's some, in some sense, and this is reflected in the gods of the nations that they are territorial. Um, so, and we get another indication of this in Daniel chapter 10. Big time. Um, so, in Daniel chapter 10, and, and I'll read this because it's an interesting section. Um, so, uh, the, and I think this is Gabriel uh, comes uh, and he says, uh, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding, uh, so forth. Uh, da, 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 I came in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom <laughs> resisted me. 21 days. It's like I was on my way, delayed by the fact that the prince of Persia delayed me for 21 days. Then Michael, gets even weirder, then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I've come to explain to you and so forth. Um, What on earth is happening here? Well, what is... Look, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense to us, but in, in... for ancient readers, this would have yes. made perfect sense yes. with their supernatural worldview, yes. with their understanding that there are these spiritual beings. There are beings, the gods are these kind of copiers, the, these demonic entities. And so the prince of the Persian kingdom is like this territorial spirit yeah. who is resisting 
uh, Gabriel at yeah. this point. Yeah. And so there's this kind of battle going on Unbelievable. in the spiritual realm here between angels yeah. and this demonic territorial demonic entity here. And and uh, not only that, you know, Gabriel either calls for or God sends back up yeah. in the form of Michael and who knows what other angels or these spiritual entities are coming to fight for him. Yeah. And the same for the Prince of Persia. Yeah. On the other side, Satan fueling that. Who knows what demonic entities are coming against these two guys. And I say... The reason why, and again, getting zooming out the bigger picture, it's because what God was communicating with to Daniel there—that prophecy is probably one of the greatest prophecies in the entire uh, yeah, in the entire right. Bible. Yeah, yeah, so this right. is some pretty heavy stuff that He's got to come through and give. Yeah, that's right. And then, and so once we get to the New Testament, then we, you know, Jesus turns up and straight away he goes out into the wilderness. Yes. Now this is interesting because the wilderness in the ancient world was seen as sort of the habitation of demons yes and and you see this in a number of different places throughout scripture you know wilderness becomes this place of exile yeah um and and very much a place where you know so so jesus when he talks about uh exorcism and he talks about you know when you um when you drive out a demon it goes through arid places yeah, yeah. you know and then comes back with seven more yeah so this idea that these arid places are places where where demons dwell wow uh interesting thing going on there so it's interesting that that jesus after his baptism the first thing that he does is he goes out into the wilderness okay mm. and i mean there's a couple of things going on there is he, he's going out there because he's mirroring the story of israel definitely you know um 40 nights yeah the the you know them going out into the desert and he's going to resist the devil where they caved in to temptation yeah um but you you have this you have satan turning up and tempting jesus mm. you know mm. In other words, it's basically the same kind of thing as uh, the temp same kind of temptations that came to uh, Adam and Eve. You know, mm. but you can be like God. Yeah, same, I'll give you all things. the nations yes. of the earth. The same thing. Yeah, join me in my rebellion, yep. and He resists. Mm. Uh, and then from this point on, we get Jesus driving out demons from people, mm. and wherever Jesus goes, demonic these demonic beings seem to be manifesting. It's like Jesus is drawing them to the surface, mm. and. In our English Bibles, it talks about demon-possessed people. Yeah, not, not now good. in Greek, the word "possessed" isn't there. Yeah, it's it seems it, it's the best. And, and again, the word "demon" actually is a Greek word. Um, it and it's something like the Greek word is something like "demonatio," so it's like demonized. Actually, is almost the best direct yes. translation of that. Yes. So a demonized man, not a demon-possessed man. Now the problem with the idea of Possession. Possession is that this, you know, this has sparked a whole debate, and I've heard this debate going on. You know, um, can Christians be demon possessed like those people or not? Yep. And the problem is, the word possession was never <laughs> there in the first place. Yeah. You know, can we be affected in some way as Christians by or demonic let's, spirits? Let's go to the real, and because it is a good word to talk about this reality. Yeah. Demonized? Yeah. Are you demonized or not? Can a Christian be demonized? Who you know? That's a that's a much more interesting discussion, yeah. because in one sense, you know, and obviously there are different levels of demonization. Yeah. Obviously, there are different types of demons, or even the amount of demons. Yeah, that's right. That, you know, we have we 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 meet Mary, uh, you know, of Magdala, you know, Mary Magdala, yeah. who was told that she was Jesus had cast out. Seven, yeah, 
you know, right. demons. Yeah. We read, we find a a poor soul who is named Legion because yeah. he has many demons. Yeah, you know, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and then we have individual. You know, so there's, uh, you know, obviously a different hierarchy with that as well. I don't think it's as cut as cut yeah. or dry. And then of course we get, you know, um, the story, and this is getting a little bit more, you know, uh, grey. Of of Judas, yeah, is obviously in some level demonized, yeah. Whether that is yeah. by the Satan himself or yeah. whatever, yeah. and then we get years later, we get the Apostle Paul saying, "In you know, I'm buffeted by this spirit sent from God, but it's obviously a demonic yeah. spirit." Yeah, it's like well, this is not so cut and dry that we <laughs> wanted no, it to be, you know. Yeah. So, it, it what what it looks like, um, and and I think a good way to describe this is to see these spiritual beings as parasitic in some way. Yes. Because they can only really exist by leeching off our the authority given to us. Yep. Okay, So we, it's like we harbour... Exist in our lives. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, not exist in reality. I mean, they will uh, exist. Yeah, yeah that's you know, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean... I mean, they, they continue t- in their rebellion... Yes. ...because in a sense we're, we harbour them here. Because yes. we were put in charge here, right? Yes. So, which is why the accusation is is important because as long as we're guilty, they still have power over us. Yep. It's why it's the, the that they want to convince you that you're guilty. You're guilty because as soon as you as soon as you are not guilty, they've lost their power over yep. you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, and so th- there's this parasitic kind of thing going on here. So what Satan tries to do is to get us to give him permission. See, he can't just take over our lives. Yeah. So. He, what what he has to do is get us, in a sense, to come to him. He, this is why it's temptation. Mm. He can't just come and take over over your life. Uh, in a sense, he has to lure you to come to him. And I think this is the case with with anyone, not just Christians, um, but with you know w- with those who are who still remain separated from God. In a sense, they're just fair game mm. um, because. That they are, in a sense, under control, under the control of Satan, and in some senses, he just will just leave them alone because they're kind of where he yeah. wants them to be. They're not. No That's a be very polarized. I mean, people are going to think, "Wow, man, these lovely people out there that are, yeah. you know, are they really under control?" Well, don't. I mean, don't. Let's not. Don't, don't think of a scene from The Exorcist here yes, or something. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, put all of that uh, away. Yeah, put all of that away. Yeah. Um, just. Uh, you know, if we are not with God and part of God's kingdom, yeah. then we are in rebellion against God. It's very polarized. You either yes. you let God be your God, yeah. or you are denying God His His divine prerogative. And that is precisely just living without God, living autonomously, is exactly uh, what um, Satan is wanting to lure us to do. That's yes. part. That is Satan's rebellion. That's the very yeah. essence of it. And so. Um, so getting back to, to my point before, this idea of permission giving, you know, at different levels and at different times, you know, when we when we give in to temptation, there's a sense of permission there. You know, Paul talks about, I think it's Paul, giving the devil a foothold. Yeah. Um, we can give footholds, you know, open doors. And, 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 and Paul very clearly, and the other New Testament writers say, you think that this is a physical battle. This might be a battle yeah. in your flesh. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's really a spiritual battle. Yeah, and it's not like you know. Paul says nothing can separate us. Nothing yes. in heaven or can separate yes. us from the love yes. of God. Yes. But we can be affected by. Yeah. Okay. So when when we when we 
give in to temptation. We don't lose our salvation. We don't lose our status no. with Amen. God. Yes. But we need to recognize there is a universe of spiritual activity pressing in against us, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the way I, I've pictured it um, recently is it's like dogs barking behind fences. Yeah. You know, and um, and and it's if we if we are lured somehow to putting putting our hand through the fence or yeah. or taking or, t- or, or or in my in my analogy of that you know satan comes along and says listen if you remove those couple of fence palings over there you can see through that into something really really cool oh yeah and we take those fence palings off and all of a sudden one of the dogs gets in and it's like oh exactly yeah. you know yeah and this is you know on the serious end this is where uh, a lot of occultic stuff is really problematic yes. because yes. it's it's doing deals with demonic entities it's giving mm. it's very formally giving permission yeah you know so um this is the case with uh with things that um any form you know even things that might seem harmless like tarot cards tarot cards uh, uh you know even Ouija board all of that sort we, of stuff. yeah Ouija boards even I'll, i mean i'm so you know paranoid about it I, I would even say really be careful when you this is going to be really controversial for some yep. but you know look for wh- where things come from i'm, I'm not saying that yoga mm is always mm. bad or anything like that. I know yoga has some exercise things, but there are some yoga practitioners out there who are really tapping into the yeah, spiritual yeah, yeah, side right. of things. Yeah, and, and of course, I mean, yoga in terms of the physical stuff is fine. And, yeah. and um, But it's interesting that there are there are practitioners. I mean, my daughter did yoga, went to yoga classes for a while and yeah. thought, that's great. And then the teacher starts going into all the spirituals. And I'm thinking, oh, no, because she's one of those yoga teachers. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, starts talking about all of that. Yeah, all of that kind you're of opening yourself up to it. It's like, wee, let's get out of here. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you know, it's like, and this is where we need to be discerning. You can't chuck everything yes. out that's that's in the world. We've got to, yeah. it's like, let's take, it's like, let's take the gold of Egypt without making an idol yeah. out of it, without yeah. buying into the spiritual stuff <laughs> I, I, behind I, I think it. that's good. You know, and I mean, um, well known for this also is Masonic rites, the Masonic yes. rites, Oof. the covenants that they make. Any any, uh, any secret society that has some sort of, you know, formal yeah. thing like that, I would say I would say any secrecy like that type of thing yeah. is straight away be, yeah. beware beware because Well they I mean the the, the, the Masonic ceremony is actually put uh, it's like put a covenant over a family and yeah. kind of give permission oh. for Satan to Full actually on you know to actually inhabit like kind of leech off in a sense that that family listen i don't i don't talk about this much and we're going to wrap up we're running out of time but i don't talk about this very much for, for when i was a young man when i was in my between you know 18 to 25 yeah. i uh, let's say even younger i had a mentor in the church that yeah. i went to and he was just this old dry aussie guy passed away yeah. you know god rest his soul he's enjoying heaven absolute saint him yeah. and his wife and I I was starting asking questions in the church about certain things, about spiritual things, about the yeah. spiritual realm when I was really looking into this, probably around about the age of 17 mm. or 18. And he overheard it once. He was an elder in the church. And he said, oh, come over to my house one day. And he so we're over, over there and a bunch of us. And he said, oh, I'll, I'll bring you into my study. And I'd never been into his study before. Mm. And he opened up his doors and it was like a, like a classic study, yeah, yeah. almost like your study, Matt, yeah. like just books to the shelf. It was all about the spiritual realm. It was all about d- wow. demons, yeah. exorcism, and everything like this. And I was like, it was like, oh, like going into this place. I was like, and he said, let me tell you something I don't talk about very much. When me and my best friend, when we were 20-something, uh, we were working in a church, blah, 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 and they had a full-on 
exorcist moment yeah. you know with with some with with something really dark that had happened and from that point they like this guy was at that point he was in his 70s yeah they were still traveling around australia dealing with they were like the the ghostbusters yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> type of thing but again i don't talk about that he he was he was a uh, you know a really good mentor to me. Showed me, gave me a bunch of information and stuff. And the one thing to, to echo yeah. on your point, the one thing and had some I had some crazy experiences with him, you know, because I think at one stage he sort of was wanting me to sort of I'm going to train you up and you can carry on in this tradition. And I was like, I don't know about that, buddy boy. Um, but he was non the most non flashy person you've ever yeah. met. There was no like you say. Don't ever think about dealing with the spiritual realm like a movie. It is completely the opposite. It is yeah. boring and dry yeah. and awful. But he, his point was, to bring it back, he said, this entire spiritual realm that we are fighting against is incredibly legalistic yeah. and incredibly permission-based. Yeah. You have to be diligent as a young man of God to you know, withstand the devil and you and like he drilled into yeah. me like these are the practices that you take up. This is what you do not go down yeah. because you give an inch, they will fight yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. And I was yeah, like, that's right because yeah. they. I mean, it's only through permission that that. I mean, the, the legalistic exactly thing I've heard a lot because they, you know, by and we see that in the Garden of Eden by enticing human beings. Oh, well now I. That's my loophole. Yeah. I. I now. Oh, I. I can. I yes. have permission yeah. now. To dominate this zone, and the, I can go to throughout the earth. Yeah. Job chapter one, go yeah. wherever I want. And the only other clause in this, and you mention it yeah. briefly there, he said, "Be careful of witchcraft." And we had an experience with someone from the yeah. Masonic Lodge. Yeah. We had a we had another experience with someone to de- dealing with witchcraft, where it becomes generational. Yeah, that's right. With yeah. with a, a demonic problem, and again, no bells and whistles. His advice is just pray. Yeah, that's Read right. the word and God will reveal to you. If you're walking around in terror that you're demonized, you're, no. you, you're walking around in the wrong spirit there. You need to, God has given us a spirit mm. of love and of grace and sound mind, not a spirit of fear about these things. Yeah. One, of the, one of the damaging things I think is, and, and, and I think we sort of get this from like the ministry of Jesus and, and even points at the book of Acts where, where they just kind of drove out demons. What we don't understand is that that's part of something a lot bigger yes. in those situations, and um, and there's a lot of context stuff there happening. I think there's something problematic if we go around just driving out demons like that because no. what you know um, what we need to deal with are the open doors in in the life in our lives that actually give permission so Amen. the problem is and and you know jesus talks about this um you know if you drive out a demon uh, you're just going to go get seven others and come back you have yeah. to deal with with the closed door is what yeah. I'm, you have to deal with the open door w- yeah. where are the cracks you know how how have i been tricked into giving permission in my life so deliverance is actually as you say it's it's Something much more, less, far less sens- sensational. Uh, amen. You know, amen. It's, it's a long, slow process of confessing and dealing with when I have given permission. It's, you know, if, if there is, um, if, if you have um, some kind of background in, in Masonic stuff, it's actually really important to bring that to God. If there have been, 
you know, any kind of occultism in the family because yeah. often a lot of that stuff puts covenants over family, yeah. uh, over families and, um, and you know, we, we can, that stuff can be broken off. Yeah. Um, and then really it's a matter of just with God doing deep confession. Where have I, where might I have have given Satan permission yeah. in, in my life. You know, so, I mean, you can do this generationally. Where, where in my, you know, where is this in my family? That's a little bit more involved and probably doing this with a good counsel, a good prayer counselor, Christian yes. prayer counselor who Amen. does this kind of Amen. thing is, is recommended. Yeah. If, if there's, you know, if there's any uh, Masonic stuff in your family or uh, occult, particularly any occult yeah. stuff, uh, things like that. Um, but, you know, in, f- for, um, in a sort of more ordinary sense, uh, there are a number of different ways in which this kind of spirit, these spiritual parasites, can gain entry, and, and simply, if I mean, one way is yielding to temptation of various kinds. Uh, interesting, down through history, you even see this reflected in the Bible: is the connection of these demonic entities with sexuality. Oh. Uh, you know, 100%. sex cults were very common in the ancient world yep. because there is a kind of covenant that with with sexuality yep. that that and and make make no mistake about it. I can say from first hand experience dealing with people with yep. friends in my life and other people yep. that I've met, pornography is yep. the strongest sex cult. Yeah, these one of the Nothing. strongest yep. tools of Satan to get foothold in a man's life. Yeah, and that's right. Sa- sadly, in a woman's life as well. Because make no mistake about it. The, the people that are creating that stuff are driven by demons, are driven by Satan. And we're getting more and more... E- even, even if it's not consciously. I mean, the, yes. the point is, is that sexuality is a very spiritual thing. Yes. And when, when, when you know, in, in the act of sex, there is a kind of covenant between two people in that. Yes. And, and you're opening yourself up oh. to that other person. Dreadfully. And so um, this is the thing I'm... For, and, and I, I think you bring up a really good point because I think it is one of the biggest cults yeah. of our day through which um, through which it's it's very, I, I would say, outrightly demonic in... Well, when I say outrightly, I no, mean... No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm way with you. Yeah. I believe pornography is satanic. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I believe that there is a movement now amongst Christians and non-Christians yeah. which is naming... The fact that a lot of pornography is driven by the sex trade, yeah, and and the um, you know children being you know like you know yep. child pornography. There is a lot of underhanded, yep. darker things going on yep. that you might think, oh, I'm just being titillated like this, or I'm just being, I'm giving into temptation for a moment. Whoa, yep. you are you are that's putting right. your finger on something that is way way darker. Yeah, that's right, and and it, it it is. I think in our time, it's the equivalent of you know in. In ancient Israel, they're always talking about them going up to the high places, and yeah. and often those the, the cults associated with those high places involved some form of cultic sex. Yeah, and I think this is the modern version of that. Hundred percent. You know, and and this is the thing when 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 people go online and, cl- and they think, oh, it's just me, it's no, doing no harm. No. no, actually, it's not only are you opening the door, not you you are you are worshiping at a high place. Yeah, it's like. This is Amen. a cultic, Amen. almost occultic yeah. act that yes. you you are engaging in, and you're opening the door, particularly. And this, I think, for guys and you know, working with the principle of headship. I mean, you're meant to be the guardian, yeah. the spiritual guardian of your family, but yeah. you are opening the door to something mm-hmm. that is not only going to affect you. So you need yeah. to be very, oh. you know, vigilant yes. uh, around that. Like, just stay away. 
please stay away. We look th these these are and, and uh, you know as we close. This is not something that we need to be afraid of, but we do need to be very vigilant about. We are in the midst of a, you know, cosmic battle yeah. that yeah. involves issues that are far beyond what we, you know, lest we say, oh, it's, I'll just, this is not yeah. serious or yeah. that's not serious. No, no. it's all serious. Yeah. It's all serious. And we, and we, and like Paul says, it's a spiritual battle, not a physical battle. Yeah. And we, and in the book of Revelation, and I love this because... It shows us that we are not just here by ourselves, and we're not just here just with the other members of church. We have the the very uh, council of heaven itself yeah. saying, "We are with you. Serve God with us, and yeah. be part of like walk together yeah. here." And if we keep that in the light of our minds, yeah, man, it makes it, it does help. It yeah. does make things easier. That's right. And and look, if if you feel you know you have done the wrong thing, if you feel there is you know, some background in, in some of this occultic stuff yes. maybe that you haven't dealt with or, or you know, don't ever think that you do not therefore belong to God. Oh, no. God receives us through Jesus Christ by grace unconditionally, right? Yeah. What he then does, having accepted us, is that he then wants to pull out all the barbs. Yeah. You know, uh, this is the thorns. I mean, it's interesting. Paul talks about the thorn in the side. Yeah. Well, um, in... Uh, Deuteronomy, it talks about the gods. They will be the a gods thorn. of the nations will be like thorns, you know. And uh, so that's that's an interesting one. So what, you know, we if we entrust ourselves to Christ, we belong to Him yeah. unconditionally. We don't have to do anything to earn it. We don't have to, you know, get rid of all this stuff before we think we can really belong to Christ. No, we need to belong to Christ first. So He has complete authority over us, and then we claim that authority. Then we implement it. Then we close the doors. Mm. Then we, we stand against these things. We stand against the lies. We recognize where the, where the open doors are. It's like, you know, now that we belong to him, now he's going to do surgery on us. Okay, now I'm going to pull out all the little barbs and the little, you know, the, the things that are sticking into you, the, the, the adverse influences. And that's what the Christian life is about. It's about us growing and becoming whole, be, being transformed. And that actually is... A, that process, you can really experience the goodness and the love of God in that process. But life is a battle. You know, it's a battle against the forces of evil. And we need to really take it seriously. You know, we need to make sure that we're, you know, constantly bringing ourselves before God, allowing all the, everything to come to light. Don't ever hide anything, allow anything to be hidden in the darkness. Deal with your past, confess it to God if you need to, you know, sit with, a, uh, with someone for some counseling and prayer over that. Do that, like just do whatever you can, uh, but engage in this process and walk with God and be vigilant about walking with God. Take holiness seriously it's not just some optional extra it's be given that the battle we're in we cannot afford to open doors here and there and yield to temptation take it seriously walk with god but ultimately jesus has you nothing in heaven or earth nothing can separate us from the love of god that is in jesus christ Thanks for listening to Thrive Perspectives. We want to hear from you, so send us your big questions and ideas. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, download other shows, see all of our resources and much, much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv.
thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visiting the website, ratethispodcast.com slash thriveperspectives really helps us reach more people. So head to ratethispodcast.com slash thriveperspectives. We hope that these shows will challenge you to look at life from a new perspective and thrive. This was another DJP.FM production. <laughs>